on the tee, Jack Nicholas. This is the minute that millions around the world have waited for. We will allow you to enjoy all of this. They are dancing in the pubs of Dublin. Harrington with an ace. And we have a shining star at sunset. Rory continues his run to greatness. The return to glory. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Bogeyman Golf Podcast. And this week it is the Irish Amateur Championship, which is going to be hosted at the island. Reigning champion Colin Campbell is hoping to defend his title. To join me to preview that tournament and the Irish Amateur Championship season this year in Ireland, I'll be joined by Gary Murphy from the well-known Twitter account Irish Amateur Info. But before we get into that chat, we have been running a competition with Gimme Golf Clothing across all of our social channels and that competition is now complete. Congratulations to Seamus McLaughlin who won the competition over on our Twitter. You can buy your own gear on GimmeGolfClothing.com. Remember to use the code BOGEYMAN15 for 15% off. I recently just got the green leather stand bag myself. It is looking lovely. The weather is looking good outside as well, so I'm going to be able to make very good use of that. The quality of the bag is lovely. It's really light, looks really sturdy, and it should be great for my golf during the summer. A little bit of housekeeping before we get into the chat. Our episode of Battle Golf with Dermot McElroy is going to come into our YouTube channel in the next week or so. That series is brought to you by Tourism Northern Ireland. Episode 1 saw Dave take on Cullen Campbell in a brilliant match which went all the way to the final hole. If you haven't seen that, make sure to go and check it out. Golf season is well and truly underway. I am off to the Jabra Ladies Open for a few days. The Challenge Tour and the Legends Tour are fast approaching, as are the Men's and Women's Irish Opens. All of those events we will be at. So if you see us, come up to us and let's have a chat. But to talk through all things Irish amateur golf, here is our chat with Gary Murphy. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Bogeyman Golf Podcast. Today, I am delighted to say I'm joined by Gary Murphy from Irish Amateur Info. This is the account that keeps all of us up to date and abreast of all of the amateur ongoings from Irish golfers, not just on the island of Ireland, but around the world. Gary, how are you keeping? Well, good, Johnny, and thanks for the, for the kind words. Um, yeah, well, life is good at the moment. It's just as it's just getting going now again for 2023, 20 I suppose. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to get busy now very shortly. You call them kind words, but I think they're just straight facts. You are probably the go-to source these days for anything and everything Irish Championship golf, whether it's the West of Ireland, which is a few weeks ago, to the Irish Amateur this week, which is coming up, to the NCAA competitions and how the Irish are faring over there. It's been it's been a wild couple of years for you, really, with 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 this brand that's kind of grown and this uh, Twitter account initially. Yeah, so like I suppose we talked like, like it was talking a couple of years. I suppose the initial idea of it ultimately was just to set up a Twitter page for um a couple of links here and there. I'd be kind of I got into golf myself later in life, we'll call it. Um, and then once I did, I got to know a couple of decent golfers, and I was kind of just keeping track of them. And I found it very hard to do. Um, you'd get reports afterwards and things like that, but I kind of I always like to see how they were doing in competition. So. I was sitting on my sofa one Saturday night and I kind of went, you know what, I just set this up and put up a couple of links and see if people like it. And that was the initial plan. That's all it was meant to be. Um, I went to one or two tournaments and I enjoyed going to them myself. And then one thing snowballed to the next and we're kind of, yeah, as you said, we're covering college golf now and all. And something I knew little about, but it was also, to be fair, like thinking about it back as well. Like John Murphy was in college when I started it and I would have been keeping an eye on him. And that's kind of where the college initiated from me or mm. for me. 
And then once I got into it, and then you're covering events here last year in particular, and you see a lot, particularly all the, a lot of the top girls are over in the, in the States, and then the lads are doing really well over there now as well. So I suppose you have to keep an eye on them all. Well, that's kind of the way I try to do as much as I can anyway. So what was the first event that you actually went out to? Because I, I'm, if I'm correct in saying, you kind of began starting the, with the Twitter account by, like I said, sending out a few links, but then also a few kind of score updates remotely. Obviously, you can't be getting everything, but what was the first tournament you went to? I went to Munster Straw Play two years ago. Um, like It was kind of coming out the back of COVID, and that season had all got pushed out. Mm. Um, and I'd went, to, I'd went to one or two scratch cups just because I suppose the page had got a bit of traction. There was a couple of scratch cups locally and they, they had asked me to come up. So I went to them kind of as the season kicked off and put up just uh, there, a couple of videos here and there. Then I went to Munster Straw Play and it was, you see levels. Um, and that's kind of what interested me. Like I went to Munster Straw Play and I was kind of astonished at the level of golf that I was watching. Um, and I, like, I play golf with a couple of lads that are really, really good. And you see them do it at club level, but seeing guys doing it in championship is different, I suppose. Um, so that kind of tweaked my interest a bit more. And then it just kind of spiraled, I suppose, into a couple of more events. And yeah, I went to Munster Stroke. Then I went to the amateur, the, the Irish amateur, when it was on above in the European for the final day. Um, great battle between Peter and, and Nick, like coming down the stretch. And again, I know Peter well enough. So I was really interested in that. And then that kind of kicked on to kind of watching him play that test, I suppose, like... Um, Bit of a sicko that way, like um, seeing them go down the golf course. That's that hard, and like enjoying how they do it. I suppose that's the thing. And for me, then it's about getting the message of yes, four over might get you into a playoff or whatever it is. But the level of golf to shoot four over in them conditions is what's really kind of driven the passion for the page. Yeah, uh, like you see it, you're in the social media world as well, and lads will shoot a score, and then like we hear them all, oh, they're playing off plus five or plus six, and they're not breaking par. What's that about, like? Play it in 40 mile an hour wins a green rolling faster than you've ever put it on and you'll kind of find out, you know. Um, and that kind of spiraled it. That's kind of where it grew from then. So I just kind of kept going and going from there, really. Um, and yeah, it's just something that seems to grow arms and legs the more I do it. Um, but that was kind of what really kicked it off. was kind of the back end of that COVID year when the season was a bit late. I had a bit of time. I wasn't playing a lot of golf myself at the time either. So we were able to go and watch these lads play golf, I suppose. You must have at the start got a few funny looks or a few questions from people asking, what, what are you doing out there on the phone filming everything or, you know, recounting because no more so than myself, whenever I wear at tour events or whatever it is, filming or even just filming on the golf course, you get a couple of funny looks. Now obviously you're over at tournaments, so there are spectators and there are a few people following, but not not doing the same thing you're doing. No, and yeah, I suppose initially there was a couple. Um... I suppose I was very kind of clear to trying to introduce myself a little bit. Um, and like lads didn't know who I was. A lot of them did, some didn't. Um, now, to be fair, it's the one thing I will say, the players have been absolutely amazing to me. Um, anything I've, I've ever asked of, they've always done. But like, I was actually looking at videos from the Monster Straw Play, the first event I went to there only before the Monster Straw Play this time. And I'm probably 100 feet away on an iPhone 8 with a grainy camera and all of this kind of stuff. And, you know, like I'm someone that's not into social media. I'm not into kind of techie stuff, which is, I, I say a lot of people kind of look at me and go, well, I am now, but I wasn't then, I suppose. <laughs> so a grainy video didn't bother me. And it just kind of put them up. I stood miles away. I didn't want to get in the way. I didn't know where I could stand or, or couldn't. Mm. And I always took the cautious route. Um, but yeah, like at the start, it was kind of, and particularly as I started creeping closer to the players, I suppose. Um, 
then they're kind of looking and kind of, and then I'm wondering, are they looking because I'm standing in the wrong spot or are they just looking because they're looking? A lot of time it was just because they were looking, like, but, um, but as time has gone on, yeah, like, I suppose the videos lately, I'm pretty much on top of them and they don't really mind too much. Um, you kind of learn what side to stand a lot of players are. And look, it's just key. To, the key really is just don't move as they're hit, hitting the ball on the ground, like, you know. So have you upgraded the, the film and setup now? You're on iPhone 14 Pro and the likes now, are you? I went 13 Pro, is it, or 14 Pro, whichever one was out last year anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, I've done a couple of upgrades. I have a couple of cameras and stuff, but I suppose the thing with Irish weather is getting onto the golf course at least. <laughs> um, like the, the West a couple of weeks ago, if if I brought any, any of them out, they'd be going in the bin. Um, yeah. So it's just that. It's a case of, look, the form works well. Um, the camera on it is as good as you're going to get. It's, it's kind of good for what I need, you know. Um, but yeah, the other stuff is there for future plans if they ever come, I suppose. When did the account really kind of pop off? Or when when did it, was there a moment where you were thinking, wow, there's really an appetite for this? Or like people are really crying out for something like this? Twitter kind of popped off very quick. And I think... It's the market, I suppose. Twitter and Instagram are very different. People will share stuff on Twitter very easy for you. Like, if you literally put into a tweet, can you retweet this for whatever particular reason, people will jump behind it. Yeah. Um, and then Twitter kind of got going really well once I put up a couple of videos and I was at events and stuff like that. And then I'd ask the question after, look, if you've enjoyed the weekend, would you mind sharing this? This is what the account is about. Um, and people like the fact that, I suppose, I portray a positive side of golf. Well, I try to anyway. Um, so that kind of Twitter got going even after that Irish am really, but like the West last year, Twitter really popped off. Um, Instagram has been a slow burner. Um, popped off mid-year once I kind of figured out how to put up a reel properly and things like that. Um, like getting shares on Instagram is a bit harder um, and yeah. stuff like that. So like, I suppose then it became word of mouth. Like people's, people's families heard that there was a lot of footage of them playing golf and then they started following along and stuff like that. And, like that's what I like about my audience. I suppose it's players, it's family members of players. A lot of it. No, I have other audiences too, but it's people that want to watch what I do. Um, and you'll see it over the course of the year. Like I tried to do a couple things over winter that was some worked, some didn't. But as tournaments are on, it's really a case of just getting a popping off. But like the more tournaments you're at, Instagram is better. Like you know, yeah, video better. Like so as you mentioned there, the uh, the West of Ireland was a couple of weeks ago, and the the amateur championship season has has really kind of kicked off now or is kicking off with the Irish amateur coming up here now at the island. The reason we have you on is to have a chat through the season as a whole, but a little bit of a focus on the uh, first upcoming event or the closest upcoming event this okay. week. Uh, can you chat to us about the West now? I know um, Dave, who is not on the podcast this week, he tried to qualify for the event and just came up a little bit short. But yeah. by all accounts, it was a fairly, fairly intense event weather-wise. Yeah, so like time of year, the west of Ireland in general is like look. It's always been known as the championship where it's a case of can you grind out or win, like you know. Mm. Um, and that definitely rings true. I've been to two of them in person, and I spent pretty much three days each time up there. So like, you get to see all of it. Um, in terms of weather, like in terms of weather, like it'll be okay for an hour, pretty much max. Like, but then it'll change. Like the day two when I was there. Sorry, day one of me being there, which was Easter Sunday, the wind was insane. Like, and like up in Ross is from 14 on, you're playing directly into the wind coming home. So it makes the holes probably play five shots harder. Like, mm. um, so like the hard thing up there is like you're cutting it down to 16 lads. 
they're playing five holes into the wind and you're trying to grind out a score. And you see lads missing cuts by doing nothing wrong. It's just condition-wise change and they don't get the best of the conditions. Um, and then up to the final, the day of the final, it wasn't as windy, but it rained for eight hours, non-stop. Um, Lynx courses are very good at getting the water off them, so play just continues. Water is not going to stop them, so you're just going to get wet. Um, but yeah, look, the conditions up there make it almost un- un- unplayable. Um, they called them off actually as I arrived on Easter Sunday because the wind was so bad the balls wouldn't stay in the green and apparently that's something that they don't do very often up there that has to be fairly bad but like it was when, like I remember driving up and kind of going there's no way they're playing golf like yeah is there, yeah. is there ever a moment or was that probably one of the first moments where you thought geez like not even I want to be out here today there was that moment and probably towards the end of the evening um I put a video up of Aaron on Aaron Edward Hills on 17, hitting in, hitting off the tee in 17. Yeah. I remember looking at it afterwards going like, how was I still standing out there? Like, um, like Because again, I'm walking back in with the last groups and I'm walking into a headwind the whole time and kind of going, this is just, this isn't normal. Like, um, but the players, like uh, like the day of the final, it was so cold and wet, it was probably the worst conditions um, because it almost felt like it wasn't as bad because the wind wasn't up, but it was just the constant rain and cold. Um, but yeah, that that late all day Sunday really was just a slog. Like uh, anyone that played golf and shot any kind of score that day deserves a medal. Like you know. Yeah. So James Claridge kind of came out, came up as the uh, the victor of the event, and it was really a case of just him slogging it out and just surviving, really. Yeah, like he was really good around the greens, um, which you had to be in in those conditions, and he just he was very good at plotting his way around the golf course, I suppose. When he missed it, he missed it in the right spots, and he kind of got up and down, and he done that throughout the match play as well. Like he kind of. A couple of his matches went deep into the match. It wasn't the case if he came up, made loads of birdies and ran away. It was just... And it's one of them tournaments. Who can kind of grind it out the most, I suppose? And look, we're going into the same thing next week above on the island. Um, it's a grind at 72 holes of... what I From what I've seen last year, probably the hardest golf course. Um, So it's just a grind, like... Um, and the West is very much that way. But, like, the West is so dictated by the weather. Um. I think that's what makes that one such a challenge. And particularly the first one of the year, like players are already cold in themselves in their short game and stuff. So mm. just make it a bit harder. Yeah. So as you mentioned, the Irish Amateur Championship is coming back to the island and um, Colm Campbell, reigning champion, he is going to be there to defend the title. Um, we had him on Battle Golf there. Yeah. He took on Dave, so he took the win there. So he's coming into this event in form. Can you chat to us a little bit about who, I saw you did a uh, thread on Twitter about this, who are some of the, the key players or some of the players that are in form that you think we should be keeping an eye out on? Yeah, so like the five lads I put up, I suppose, the ones to watch, one that I kind of tend to do before tournaments, and I suppose that's another one that gets me funny look sometimes because you go to an event and why didn't you put me up, you know? Um, <laughs> well, them lads, I all think, like, Collie seemed to really enjoy the test last year, um, even talking to him after the event and stuff, that kind of that grind suits him. It's just kind of, is the course going to wear you down or are you going to kind of just fight through it? Yeah. Um, I was chatting to him a small bit yesterday as well and he was kind of saying the same thing that, look, he's looking forward to it and all of that kind of stuff. So he'll be there, thereabouts. Um, Matt McLean is just Matt. Like, Matt is just kind of seems to be a top five machine, like, you know, um, very, very good golfer. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously won the US Mid-Am last year. I think he's going to go from strength to strength because of it. Um, I had New Foley in there as well, who Norton's out last year, yeah. Um, and scary good to watch. Like I remember watching up over in the North there for the final two rounds. He shot eight under combined, and 
it just wasn't there, like, you know, um, coming off a good week in Lidham as well. So, yeah, he should be there, thereabouts. Rob Moore had a good finish above there last year as well and has played a pile of golf this year. He's been in Australia all the start of the year and played a couple of Challenge Tour events, so he should be good to go, you know. Um, and then young Sean Keelan, yeah. Um, what a 2023 and we're only in May, like, you know. We're barely into May. Um, and that's something I, I, I even found surprising is how much golf these lads play. Um, yeah. Remember we're starting it kind of going, yeah, sure, look, we'll do it from kind of April to September and we're done and we can shut the phone off again. And the phone hasn't been turned off really. Like, you know, like even leaving, what was the last thing I done last year? I think Douglas Scratch Club. I remember going, okay, that's the phone going away now for two months. I don't even want to see Instagram or any of that stuff. And then the college kicks off and then the lads are traveling to, Abu Dhabi and all of these places and they're kind of going okay well this is going on and that's going on so you just kind of keep it ticking over but Sean seems to be playing golf pretty much full time now um, and playing it really well Sean is uh, indicative or reflective of a a generation of professional amateurs basically is what, is what they basically are is these, yeah. these are young kids who are playing golf all of the time but are obviously maintaining their amateur status and yeah, you're dead right. He is having some incredible year. Can you chat us through just some of the some of the wins he's had already this year. He's he's claimed, claimed a few scalps. Claimed a few scalps. He won the Scottish Boys recently, and then kind of before that, he had real success on the Tour Tour, and then on the European Golf Pro Tour, or whichever way it's it's put. It's you have all them names in it, and just what all I'm not sure now. But and like he went toe to toe with a couple of pros and that and came out victorious he's won the amateur pretty much every time he's teed it up in it I think and then he's won the overall once if not twice and that was like he was playing with two tour pros coming down the stretch mm. the final round they were level coming into the back nine Sean shot three under to win it like you know um, at 16 he might have even been 15 at the time of doing that you know um, real impressive stuff again he went over to the Portuguese am had a third place finish um, the highest of the Irish lads over there and kind of really he looks the part, I suppose. He's kind of really kind of put the, the working in the background to kind of, he walks around like a confident young lad, I suppose he's going to be with the golf he's playing, but he just seems to deliver result after result. There's a kind of consistency to him. Um, so yeah, I would expect him. And he played fairly well above here last year. I, I, I'm going to say he was in around the top 10 in that mark. Like So mm. obviously he likes the course again. So I'd expect him to be there, thereabouts like. Hugh Foley, yeah, as you mentioned there, obviously winning the North and the South last year. Yeah. He he is one of our preeminent golfing talents at the moment. He's really, really looking like he's going to do some brilliant things on the golf course. Can you chat to me about his two wins last year? Yeah, so I suppose very different wins. Um, you have straw player slash match player, but, and, and even when I'm saying different wins, he started the, the final lay above in the North, a couple behind. Yeah. Um, and went out in the morning, shot 400 to kind of put himself closer to contention. Still wasn't fully in contention at this point. And again, Portrush is not an easy golf course. Like, um, And went out in the second round and kind of really got going. And just, again, and he has been that way all year. And I've watched him very steady. He makes a lot of pairs and will drop a couple of birdies in and kind of top of them. And he just kept going. Like I was chatting to him walking, I think, between 15 green, or from, yeah, from 15 green to 16 T, And we were kind of chatting and it was just, you could see this kind of look in his eyes where, like, he wasn't letting it go. Like, if he got another sniff of a birdie, he was taking it. Mm. Uh, made a great birdie on 17. Um, made a nice putt from probably 25 feet-ish. Um, and then kept, went down 18. You could hear him chatting to his caddy, and they were kind of saying, OK, we're at 7, I think it was. And 
we have to get one more like walking down the fairway. It's a lovely iron into 10, 15 feet and um, holds a lovely birdie putt and eventually wins by one. Um, but again, it's the mentality of like wanting to win, you know, that kind of way. kind of went all out to get it and in fairness, they did. Low in the south, very impressive in match play. Um, very steady. And I think his game all around is that way where he just kind of, he can plot his way around the golf course looking like he's not doing loads but we'll throw in loads of birdies as he's doing it, you know, that kind of way. It's not as flamboyant as some, but he puts the ball in the right spots all the time um, and he's really, really good around the greens and on the greens, so not a bad combination, I suppose. And so, Hugh, as much as, much as he did win there last last year in the North and South, you mentioned there, he came up just short at the US Mid-Am to Matt McLean. Matt yeah. is a man who obviously won the US Mid-Amateur. He he's now obviously gone off and played in the Masters. You must think he's taking a lot of uh, a lot of confidence from those those two events in particular into this season. Yeah, like and even chatting to Matt throughout the year, right? Like it, he's not someone that struggled with confidence, I suppose. Like he's played really, really good golf for a long time now. Mm. Um, it was a long time in terms of how long I'm doing this, really. Like you know, in terms of what I know of him, but like again in the island, he was there, but thereabouts, he was there thereabouts in the north. He was like he's led him last year. He did good. He did good showing. He like he did good showings everywhere he went against. South African match played this year. He got to the semi-final as well and stuff. And so, uh, yeah, he must be riding fairly high. I haven't spoken to him a while this year, no, yet. But, yeah, like, he's he's just missed a consistent, really. Like, he's kind of, again, another guy that just kind of puts the ball in the right spots and will hit, will hit plenty of greens and regulation for you. Um, real kind of flusher of his errands and stuff like that. So, he's kind of has chances. And he looks like he's only going to get better, like. Yeah. And so I guess with this season, it, there's also the looming Walker Cup, which there are a few Irish names in the mix or in the wider panel. So starting off with a win here at the Irish Amateur Championship at the island, a lot some of these wins mean a bit more this season or now that there's a good few guys kind of in the hunt for that Walker, Walker Cup squad. I would say kind of everything this year means a lot more because of Walker Cup. And I think even the lads were all speaking about, and look, I have no insider knowledge here, but I would guess a lot of them are kind of pretty much thinking of turning pro at the end of the year, depending on what cup success or not, or maybe that doesn't have a bearing on it, but it would certainly be a nice way to cap off an amateur career. Um, so I think this year, they're all going to be contesting for the titles because they want them, but they're also going to be kind of, yeah, the Walker Cup birth at the end of it is kind of, that's going to be unbelievable, like St Andrews, Walker Cup, um, if you can't get up for that, you're not going to get up for much, really, are you? Um, so, yeah, I think, like, wins this year are going to be hard to come by. Um, this one coming up, the Irish Am, the flagship event of the year, you have an international field, you have a lot of the people on the walk Cup panel over. So, yeah, that's going to make a big statement if whoever wins it, really, um, panellist or not. I think if you're outside the panel and they're kind of looking at you and you make a statement here, you're going to be in, in the talks come the end of the year, like, you know. Yeah, there's the, if you're not on the panel already, definitely a win here would put you in the conversation or make people kind of raise their eyebrows and have a look at you. Is there anyone that has come in that even from the international side that's coming into this or from, you know, maybe maybe a name that wouldn't be in your top five there that we could keep on, we should keep an eye out for or we might be surprised by? Well, you won't be surprised, I suppose, because like you wouldn't be with it. But like John Goff is obviously going to be one to contend with, I think he's ranked 16th or 17th in the world. He's probably the highest ranked player yeah, in it. Yeah. Um, that Nikolai lad that Peter played is also back over, I believe. And 
again, he had a good week last week in, what was he last week? Somewhere, he was he was good in, in um, Portugal. He'd done well in the Welsham, I think, or somewhere, or it was somewhere anyway last week. Yeah, it's the Welsh Ham recently. Yeah. Or no, in, in Spain, in the in the Nations Cup, he, was, he done well again and things like that, you know, and he seems to be kind of, I've heard him pop up a good bit over the last six months, kind of. Um, so he should be there, thereabouts. Aaron Edward Hills playing off plus seven consistently. Um, yeah, so like I think a couple of the English lads will definitely be trying to put their name on the trophy. Um, James has already got the first kind of major of the year, so I'm pretty sure the lads will look to take one back. But um, yeah, so I think a couple of them will definitely show up um, and will be in the mix. And uh, so what days do you plan on being on site for the, for the tournament? Uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Okay. So, three days. Um, yeah, that one I tend to do more time up. Like I do the West because I, I, I to three days in the West because I, I, I like to get the match play and then the two, or sorry, as 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 Astro play there and then the two match play days. This one I just if I could get the week off, I'd only go up for the week, like you know. Um, but I can kind of manage to squeeze in the Friday, Saturday, Sunday for it. Um, plus I don't I don't think the missus would be very happy if I thought I was going for an, an entire week, like but. <laughs> Yeah, so good everything else. It's enough. Yeah. Um, so I guess this is necessarily part of part of your, your role with the with the account and with following the Irish Amateur Circuit. But if you were to, to pick pick one of those five that you've named there, who who do you think is primed or most primed to take the championship title? All five. <laughs> <laughs> good answer. It's it's a it's an unfair position to put you in to be Yeah. Like to be honest with you, like and even with the ones to watch, and I'm not completely copying out in it either, but like, and something I try to portray a lot is that like there's probably 50 lads could win this under there. Um, like, I think if you asked a lot of people, some of the winners last year, would you pick them out just after the week? They probably would have said no. Um, and I think that's what people get very wrong about amateur golf. Yes, the likes of Hugh Foley and Sean Keelan would be known. Peter would be fairly well known, obviously. Rob, all the Irish team, like, people know who they are. Um, but there's so much depth and talent outside of that. Um, and I think that's something I've, I'm trying to do where I kind of post a lot about other players as well. Um, and kind of even at events, like I don't intend to stick to the, the marquee names, if you want to call them that, for the, for the entirety of the event. Yes, they will tend to be at the top of the leaderboard a lot more towards the end and you will see a lot more of them. But I think the depth of talent is something that should be kind of definitely more recognised, I suppose. Um, like the island is going to be an unbelievable test. Um, I was looking at the forecast there for it yesterday, and it's Ireland. It could change ten times between now and then. So, and I'm hoping it does a little bit. But there's like there's heavy rain on Friday with a decent wind up there, you know. Um, and that can throw up all sorts of winners. Then, um, again, how who's going to grind the hardest? Who gets the right side of the draw? Um, all that comes into play. Like you know, um, I think Matt is going to really go after it. I think coming second last year is going to. Again, push it on for him. Um, but again, Collie's not going to want to let it go, you know. Um, and again, as I said, there's a lot more of them there that could kind of go into the mix. But yeah, it just depends. And I, I'd have more of an inkling for you on kind of Friday afternoon, really. Like, you know, when you see lads playing and how they're handling conditions. But anything can happen in links golf in t- 24 hours, like, you know. Yeah. Yeah, we must get you back on then after the event, after the event to do a recap of it with us and talk us through what your predictions were and, and and was one of your five crowned the, the, the champion at the end of it all.
And so that's a, a broad overview of the, the men's season, but it's it's a pretty busy season for the women's side. And when it comes to the women's side of golf, we've got a plethora of talent. You know, you've got the likes of Lauren Walsh to now Beth Coulter, who is just an incredible talent. Yeah. Um, and like, I suppose that's, if you're talking like girls golf, women's golf, like that's probably my biggest surprise. I think I said this before, but like the standard of it. Um, and I've said it plenty of times. I take out the onuses and that myself. I didn't look into it in this same like before I got into the page. Um, but I remember going to my first couple of ladies' events and kind of walking away going, man, they're, they're just so good, like, you know. Um, mm. Like, I remember going up to the close last year watching Beth and massively impressed, like, like, uh, like lads talk about beating LPGA tour players. Like, like you're not beating the top amateur girls, let alone anything above them playing off five. I play off kind of five-ish. Like, you know, I, I not beat them, you know, that kind of way. And, it's amazing to watch him. Beth played a, a young girl, Anna, like, and Anna couldn't reach a lot of par fours, but like she would chip and push better than anyone you'd ever meet, you know. So, and then their big championship gets going the, the week after the men's, like, you know. So they're in Woodbrook now um, for that. Like, Kate won the Scratch Cup up there, so she should be in good form for that as well. And that's kind of really kind of kickstarts them. And then you have, yeah, you have Lauren and Beth and, and, Anya over in the States and they'll all be looking at kind of regions now in the next week or so as well. So like the girls are really traveling well over in the States now as well. You know, they're really on high performing teams and really performing themselves over there. Yeah. And I think even the, the format for the, the women's amateur close championship has been streamlined a bit. So there'd be two rounds of stroke play. Um, and there'll be then the top 16 players then go play advance to the match play round. So that's, yeah. It's it's a it's a little less than it was this year. Yeah, so you had sixty four, the same as the men's this year. You are sorry, you thirty two, and the men's is sixty four. But like, they're definitely golf Ireland or golf in general is streamlining it into more of a, a straw play event. Um, mm. and I think at the elite level that is, like, it's slated for it. But I think it's a, it's a good addition. Um, I think that like the more straw play you get, the players will kind of perform better. And I also take a very slight thing on that, like people say, oh anyone can win a match play, like as if the person that wins it didn't play well, that they just got lucky in match play, like, you know, yeah. match play or stroke play, you have to play a really good golf to win them. Um, but I think that like, yeah, they'll start to dwindle in, start dwindle out the amount of match play matches um, and, and focus on the stroke play. So yeah, like the close is on in Connemara, I think this year. Yeah. So again, I haven't seen the course, but what I've heard of it, it'll definitely be an interesting test and it kind of sets up for match play a little bit too, so it should be an interesting finish and, you should have a couple of the, the girls home from college for that. Um, unfortunately, they won't get home for the one in two weeks' time, but they should be back for that, and hopefully a couple of them will actually tee it up, and I suppose you get the strength to feel that the championships should get, I suppose, um, and do get. How do you find following the action of amateur golf over in the States? Obviously, for the amateur championships and the tournaments that happen in Ireland, you can get to a good few of them. It's easy enough to follow if you know where to look or if you have people on the ground. But when it comes to the the US competitions, how how do you find your information? Well, it's there's a real good app there for us. Well, uh, a website golf stat that you get a lot of it. But like I suppose over time, I built up relationships with players as well. So like if I need information, I'll kind of get it because like this whole regionals and conference and national stuff means nothing to me um, I don't understand the whole pile of it and in fairness I asked a couple of players last year I asked Lauren a bit about it last year you now and I was kind of asking her just okay so like am I posting about this now because you've won the stroke player does that mean anything really or 
and over there, yeah, they really wear on match play when it comes to team events, you know, um, like the nationals and all that is all the team based scoring. And so, yeah, the straw play kind of means nothing, it just means a route into the match play bracket. Um, so again, holding off and just asking for advice on how you do things. And players have been really good that way, Johnny. You know, anything I've asked of them, they've all kind of responded. And like, again, even with Anya, like in the last couple of months, just ask her questions about her team and her transferring and stuff and what it kind of means. And you're just getting the right information back from them. Like, you know, um, so yeah, it's been really kind of, it's a learning experience, definitely about it. Um, But the information isn't as hard to come by if you are as mad as I am and actually go looking for it. Before we head off, uh, I just wanted to chat to you about the GoFundMe account, uh, that page that was set up by Peter O'Keefe and a couple of others um, to help fund you and the, this tour that you do around Ireland following the, the circus that is the Irish Amateur Championships. For people that don't know, you do this all off your own back. You're self-funded for the entire coverage that you give to Irish Amateur Golf. Can you tell us about how that page got set up by by Peter and um, and how much has been raised now? It's actually it's a significant amount of money. Yeah, no, there's a pile gone into it. In fairness, people are very good. Like, you know, um, I suppose Peter, I was chatting to him a couple of times again, as I said, I'd know him, like, and Peter knows it's kind of all self-funded and, and everything else, but we were above in the north, and I was chatting to him and Paul about something, and look, they were asking about, did this company come on board, or did this organisation help you with X, Y, or Z at, at, at this point? And I was kind of saying, no, look, it's still, it is what it is, and it's the madness that I've been sued and kind of doing it, you know? Um. So they were coming back from the north and the, the same day I was and I'd say I was half down the road and I got a notification on my phone that there was a page set up and it was kind of going and I suppose I rang them, I rang Peter after and I was saying to him, so what's that about? Like he said, look, you do all this for us. It's just us. It's just a way for us to show the appreciation back, I suppose. Um, and a bit of funding will kind of help cover the the cost of it. So yeah, so there was 5,200 euro raised last year, I believe. Um. And we're kind of sitting at about seven something now. I don't overly kind of, I, I don't exactly watch it a whole pile, but um yeah, look, it goes a long, long way. I suppose traveling the championships isn't exactly cheap, you know. Um and it's it's something that is it's greatly appreciated. And I, like again, the fact that it was done by players, the fact that it's kind of the majority of the funding has come from players or players' families, whichever way it is, but people that really kind of value the service that I've given them. Um that kind of that was a massive as much as the money is great the actual the people behind it is kind of what made it kind of special to me i suppose yeah and it's 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 fantastic that it has been set up and we what we'll do is we'll leave the link to that GoFundMe page in the show notes for the podcast here and we'll share it out across our socials as well because what you what you're doing for irish golf is is fantastic and like i said at the start of the podcast you're you have become the go-to source for information for, regarding amateur golf across ireland so what's the plan for Irish Amateur Info going forward? You mentioned that you've got a couple of cameras. Do you want to grow it into a podcast of your own? Or or where do you yeah, see so it going? I've mentioned a hundred different things that I want to do. And I, I think I'm starting to learn how to stop saying things online before I actually action them. Um, but yeah, a podcast, like I suppose, again, more kind of recappy stuff, more like pe- people information. I suppose like the goal of my page is our platforms or whatever you want to call them at this point is to promote golfers, to promote Irish amateur golf and golfers in particular um, and help promote them and get across the message of how good and how deep all this stuff is. So, yeah, the cameras are kind of more for sit-downs and having chat with, just having a chat with lads about, like, how they're preparing for events and all of that kind of stuff and 
let's get an insight into them, you know. Um, there's loads of people do all sorts of podcasts and everything else. And look, I suppose the other side of it is I understand that amateur golf is niche. It's very niche. Um, and everything I do is work. Like I'm kind of in the middle of creating a website for all sorts of kind of information and stuff. But again, it's how much do you, how much do you want to go? How far do you want to push it? Um, there's probably 10 hours a week working, just maintaining it and putting up the information I need to for, how can I do it in the platforms I, I already have, you know? Um, yeah. So yeah, the video would be kind of one thing, just kind of chatting with lads, things like that. Um, I'd love to get the page to where it's just kind of sustainable, I suppose, kind of the thing. Um, I really enjoy what I do and how and how it comes across, and I kind of, I suppose, I want to keep that going. Um, and I just want to just add to it with pieces, I suppose. Yeah, podcasty kind of stuff. Um, again, it's just it's it'll all come back to time and expense, I suppose, at this point, really, with it. But like what I do day to day probably takes three hours of my day to just kind of do all of the content that I do most of the time outside of traveling to events. Um, so how much can I add to that at this point? But if I can get it in around the events is what the key to this is going to be, you know? And um, I spoke to a few players and they're willing to give me a bit of time before or after rounds and stuff. So hopefully we can kind of fit it in that way and then we'll kick off a bit more kind of an insight to the player kind of stuff, you know? Very good. Well, listen, Gary, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and, uh, we'll definitely have you on after the some of the bigger conversations throughout the year on the men's and the women's side to to chat through the events and to chat through the different winners. Yeah, perfect, Johnny. Thank you. On the tee, Jack Nicholas. This is the minute the millions around the world have waited for. We will allow you to enjoy all of this. They are dancing in the pubs of Dublin. Harrington with an ace. And we have a shining star at sunset. Rory continues his run to greatness. The return to glory.